What's up? Welcome to Bow Down, the teaching ministry of Pastor Chris Tress. So we'll go ahead and put up the, the first picture, please. Um, and by the way, uh, these are charts that are years and years old. I like them because uh, they're handwritten, um, old school. You can get them on blueletterbible.com, but this is the whole entire book of Revelation. How many can read that in the back? Yeah, you can't, can you? I can barely read it up right here. Uh, so again, uh, book of Revelation, you could actually Google it. It'll pop up on images under Google. But this is the entire book. And just to give a brief update, because here we are in chapter 14, and some of you uh, have been skipping church, you know, and so we just want to kind of get you, get, you, get you back. You've been on vacation. Chapter 1 is the vision. Chapter 2 and 3 were the seven churches, and we spent time going through the church ages. Then you have um, chapter 4 and chapter 5, where we get into a vision of who God is. And we see the Trinity laid out in those two chapters with Jesus the Lamb that was slain in chapter 5 and chapter 4, Father God, but the Holy Spirit in the midst of both of those. And we've already been through that. Then we went through chapter 6 which broke off the seals, and that started the tribulation period. And right now we're in the midst of this seven-year tribulation period. And then chapter 8, 9, more wrath is being poured out. Now, in the midst of that, in chapter 7, God seals... This Jewish population with his Holy Spirit from the tribes of Israel, and they become the 144,000 super evangelists, and they begin proclaiming the gospel. And we'll see that in a second. And then we have this time frame of, of chapter 10 through chapter 14, which is where we are now. It's kind of an interlude before the the, the, the rest of the judgments are going to be poured out on the earth. And so, Will, let's go to the next one, please. And so, again, this is a, a little closer up. And, again, you can't see it, sorry, but uh, it, it, it's there if you search for it. Um, and so, Will, the, nec- the next one, please. I tried to zoom in as best as I could, all right? So here's where we were. We are. We're getting a glimpse in chapter 12 through 14 of kind of an interlude before the judgments are poured out. The rest of the judgments and the great tribulations poured out. And so Revelation 12 is kind of this war in heaven, and we've talked about this spiritual war. Revelation 13, we saw the unholy trinity with the beast and the antichrist, right? And now... Chapter 14's happening, and basically the summation of this is, okay, the Lamb of God is running things. Say that with me. The Lamb of God is running things, right? So 12, it's like, oh, man, this great war, this dragon tail, right? Beast coming up from the pit. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Hey, 14, the Lamb is running things. This is how it's going to go down. He's in charge. All right. Any questions? Let's go to verse 1, please. Chapter 14. And if you do have questions, 
all of the sermons from chapter 1 on are online for your viewing pleasure. I don't know if it's pleasure, but it's for your viewing. And by the way, man, I, great time last week. I was in a wedding, um, Jack and Autumn. I don't know if they're honeymooning. They're still here. They make it. If they're, they're probably still honeymooning. Anyway. I wouldn't be coming to church, man. Anyway, so that's why we had a honeymoon baby, by the way. Yeah, Colleen and I were skipping church, but uh, shout out to CT. Anyway, what, what, I, was, what I wanted to say, CT's my son, um, what I wanted to say, guys, is I really, really missed everybody. It's like I just hate being away. So anyway, I love you guys. I really, really do, man. You guys are so precious to my wife and I. And um, anyway, all right, help, help me, God. All right, verse, verse 1. Thank you. I receive. <laughs> then I looked, and behold, on Mount Zion. Now, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you some homework. So I'm going to give you homework, and then we're about to do some work, Okay. So here's what I want you to do. On top of Mount Zion there, right on top of Mount Zion. Now, not, I want you to write Psalm 2, Isaiah 24, and Psalm 48. Psalm 2, Isaiah 24, and Psalm 48. The reason why I have you write those down is because on your own time, we don't have time today, on your own time, It's good for you to look at the Old Testament prophecies that speak to this moment in time where Jesus is going to be standing on Mount Zion where he is ruling and he is reigning, and you'll see the description in those chapters of what's happening in the tribulation period. The Old Testament speaks to that, okay? So that's Mount Zion. Now, I do want you to keep your place here. And I want you to go back to Revelation 12, 17, please. Revelation 12, 17. Remember the dragon, he's furious with the woman, the woman's Israel. He went off to make war on the rest of their offspring. Revelation 12, 17. And those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand and the sea. And so here, the enemy is standing on the sand and the sea. Now, Revelation 14, 1, where is our lamb standing? He's standing on Mount Zion. He's standing, ruling and reigning, while the enemy's on the edge of the sea. This is a climactic war that's happening. This is the spiritual reality of what's going on. You see this lamb, he's standing. He's standing. And he's standing with the 144,000. God, throughout the Bible, is a God that is with us. In fact, he calls himself Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with you. Even after Adam and Eve sinned, God came to him. God's with you, saint. No matter what you're going through, he is with you, never to leave you or forsake you. So with him, the 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And so we have this 
drama that's going on in the tribulation where there's wars and famines and earthquakes and millions that are dead, sin rampant, people saying, who will save us from the wrath of the Lamb? And then there's this 144,000 with Jesus. And we're going to get a description of what they are like and how they roll in chapter 14. But I want us to go back to chapter 7 real quick. Verse 3, chapter 7, Revelation. Do not harm the earth or the seas or the trees until we've sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads and heard the number of the sealed, 144,000, from every tribe of the sons of Israel. So they're Israelites from the 12 tribes, and then it goes down and lists the 12 tribes there, and they're sealed, they're sealed, they're sealed. Now, what was the outcome of their ministry? Go down to Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. They're worshiping. They've come into the kingdom. Why have they come into the kingdom? Partly because of the 144,000 and the evangelistic ministry that's happening. In fact, you can go down to verse 14. Because the questions ask, who are these in white robes? Verse 14, sir, you know, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. And so this is the 144,000. This is who they are. They are evangelists, and they're going to lead many into the kingdom of God in the midst of great tribulation breaking out during the seven-year period that is going to happen. Now, who is this lamb? Who's the lamb? Hey, see, that's why I like children's church. Every question is Jesus, right? Or every, every answer is Jesus, <laughs> Who, who built the ark? Jesus. Anyway, um, technically, yeah, it was his plans. He's working. Anyway, um, so here's what I want to do. The book of Revelation, right? It's called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we just want, want to move off of this word, the lamb. I want to put you to work right now. Okay, say, let, let's get to work. Yeah, let's get to work. Do you know your work is your worship, by the way? Come on. Revelation 5, 6, let's start there. And what I want to do now is I did a word search on the word lamb. So this is complicated stuff. It's real easy, but we're going to go through the book of Revelation, and we're going to look at the lamb And what I want you to do as we go to these different places, begin to highlight the different attributes that are popping out to you from the Lamb so that you can begin to describe who the Lamb is because guess what you and I are are called to do? To follow the Lamb wherever he goes. We're called to follow. Now, why would I follow somebody I don't believe in? See, a lot of us, we pray this prayer, I believe, I believe, I believe. But what does it say in James? Even demons believe and they tremble. But if I really can see this lamb, 
I'll sell all I have and go after him. The revelation of Jesus. This whole book is about Jesus. Jesus revealed. It's not complicated. It's not hard to understand. This is who our God is. This is who our lamb is. This is who our king is. Revelation 5, 6. A lamb that was standing as though it had been slain. Look back at 14, right? He's standing there as well. Listen, our lamb was slain, but he's standing again. He's the last man standing, if you will. He's undefeated. Can't be defeated. He's still standing. Look at 5.8. Excuse me, 9. They're worshiping him. You were slain. By your blood, you ransomed people from God. For God, from every nation and people. You made them a kingdom. Christian, by his blood, you are a kingdom. You're a new kingdom of people. You are also priest to God. This is why we have communion up here, because you are a priest of God if you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Look at that next part. They shall reign on earth. Because of the Lamb, you will reign on earth. Well, when does that start? It starts today. You're called to reign. Verse verse 12, worthy is the lamb who was slain. He is worthy of this all. All power, wealth, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing. Then I want you to go down to 13. He sits on the throne to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And they're worshiping the lamb. The lamb is worthy of all your worship, of all our worship. I want you to go to Revelation 6, 1, please. Who can open the seals? The lamb has the authority to open up the seals, the seals of judgment that are going to be poured out on the earth. He alone is worthy to do that. Once you go down to 616. The lamb is going to pour out his wrath. Some of us may not like that. But some of us who have never gotten justice, that might make you smile a little bit. Because justice will be measured out someday. If God is a God of justice, he has to punish evil. If he doesn't punish evil, then he's not a just God. And so we worship him for his wrath. And his wrath is going to be perfectly measured out to what people deserve. I want you to go to Revelation 7. Verse 9. These people are clothed in white robes. They're worshiping. And they're saying salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne and where? To the Lamb. Salvation comes from the Lamb. 7.14. They've washed their robes and they've made them white in the blood of the lamb. So the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of trespasses, the lamb has done that. The lamb has done that. 717, Revelation 717. 
in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. The lamb is our shepherd. He's our shepherd leader. 717, again, he will guide them to springs of living water. Our shepherd, our lamb, he guides us and he gives us living water to drink. He wipes away every tear from their eyes. He's a compassionate leader that is sensitive to your hurts and your pains, and he's going to wipe them all away. This is who our lamb is. Revelation 12, 11. It's because of his blood, the precious blood of the lamb, that you and I are able to conquer whatever comes into our life. Whatever. Whatever comes our way. And again, it's not as bad as what these saints are dealing with in chapter 14. We're going to conquer because of the lamb. Revelation 13, again, it says he was slain. Revelation 14, 1. So he's standing with the 144,000, and he sealed them on their foreheads. He's written his name on their foreheads. 14.4, they're following this lamb wherever he goes, the ones that have redeemed. So our lamb is a redeemer. Revelation 14.10, again, more wrath. They're tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the lamb. So he comes with wrath. He comes with perfect justice that will be measured out. Revelation 15, 3. There's a song about the lamb. And this song says, great and amazing are your deeds. O Lord God, the almighty, just and true are your ways. O king of the nations, who will not fear, O Lord, and glorify your name? You alone are holy. He is holy. And all the nations will come to worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. His righteous acts have been revealed. Revelation 17, verse 14. It says, the lamb will conquer them. So he is a conquering lamb. He is the Lord of lords. He is the king of kings. And we are still with him. And he calls us chosen and faithful. Revelation 19, 7. For the marriage of the lamb has come. And his bride, that's us, have made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. Your deeds matter. Your deeds will follow you, and we'll get to that in chapter 14 today. And the angel said to me, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So he's a wedding planner. Oh, man, I can't wait for that glass of wine. You feel me? <laughs> Revelation 21.9. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the, the lamb. Is call, he calls his church his wife. Man. 21.14. The lamb is a builder. The wall of the city, 12 foundations, 12 names of the apostles of the lamb. This, this, this wall, this city is built by the lamb. He's a builder. Verse, chapter 21, verse 22. In this temple, and by the way, this is our eternal home, guys. And this eternal home's not in a recession right now, Okay. For its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. He's our temple. 
He's our temple. You know, right now, we're his temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The city has no need of a sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light. Its lamp is the land. By its light, the nations walk. I can't even imagine that. 21, 27. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So he has a book, and nothing detestable, nothing unholy, nothing wicked, nothing clean is getting in. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me. Can you imagine never being tempted again? Can you imagine being able to worship God without your stomach growling for those nachos or some chipotle? Or you just be able to worship him? He's glorious. No enemy around. No enemy around. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Revelation 22, 1 through 5. The angels show me the river of the water of light, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, from, and, and of the Lamb. So there's a river, a crystal river coming from the Lamb. In the middle of the city, also on the other side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were the healing of the nations. No more sickness, guys. No more disease. It's all gone. No longer will be, there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. You're going to get tatted up on your forehead. And night will be no more. And they'll need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. You're, you're called to reign now, and you're called to reign then. Christians, disciples, listen. God has given us the authority to take dominion over this earth, to reign with him. Now, I want you to go back to Revelation 1.1. Chris, you're still on verse 1. Yeah, I know. What's it say? The revelation of who? Yeah, this is the Lamb. This is what this book is all about to reveal Jesus, high, exalted, lifted up, his attributes, his character, his nature, so that as we gaze upon him as everything, man, we'll just want to follow him. Revelation 1.3, look at what it says. When you read this, these words, when you hear it, when you keep it, you're blessed. And I want to challenge you. One way that you follow the Lamb is to study and meditate on these verses so that there wells up in you a love and a passion for Him that you'll leave everything for Him. And so as I sat and I kind of went through the book of Revelation and the attributes surrounding the Lamb. 
want you just to, to close your eyes for a minute. See, 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 worship, that, that begins with the word, is really, really powerful. And so, and, so, and so here, Jesus, you are the lamb that was slain, but you are still standing. I thank you, Jesus, that you are looking upon us. That you have seven horns in your perfect strength. You have ransomed us from every tribe and every people. You have made us a new kingdom. You have made us priests. You have called us to reign with you. You have the authority to open seals. You administer wrath with perfect justice. Salvation belongs to you, O precious Lamb of God. You are our shepherd. You are guiding. You are leading. You are wiping away every tear. You are a compassionate healer. You are our redeemer. You are our purchaser. You are our sealer. You are holy, almighty, the one who has done great and amazing deeds. You alone are worthy. You have acted righteously. You are just and true. You are Lord of lords and king of kings. You are the marriage planner. You call me your wife. You are the city builder. You are the temple. You are the lamp. You are the light. You are the one who has the book of life and our name is written in it because of your blood you have this bright river this crystal river flowing from you and you will put an end to everything accursed everything wicked it will be eradicated once and for all and we will worship you with your names written on our foreheads then we will reign forever and ever with you lamb of god he's worthy And I want to challenge you, church, when you begin to press into that, when you begin to press in and you begin to behold the glory of the Lamb, everything else disappears. Everything else disappears. He is everything. He is worthy of all of your worship. He is worthy of all of our time, our attention, our love, our adoration. He is worthy. All right, verse 2. Praise you, Jesus. I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. A voice I heard was like the sound of a harpist playing on their harps. In the Old Testament, harps were used for joyful praise. This is what's happening. Why? Because the lamb is running things in chapter 14. Verse 3, they were singing a new song. Before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. They're singing. You might want to write that down. They're singing. It's like uh, Nemo, let's keep swimming, let's keep swimming. No, hey, church, let's keep singing. These people have gone through the greatest tribulation that the world 
has ever seen so far. And they are singing. They are worshiping. The mark of a real disciple is constant praise, constant thanks, constant adoration, and constant singing. A disciple who really, really gets it worships. Bro, you don't know what I've been through. When Paul and Silas, after being beaten, were thrown in prison, what were they doing? They were singing. What happened? Prison doors flung open. Signs and wonders. So a, a, a family was saved. Brought into the kingdom of God. Why? Because they were singing. Because they were singing. When you and I really see the attributes, the character and nature of the lamb, guess what? We can't help do sing to him. He causes me to sing. Focusing on my life, my life, listen, that'll lead you into depression. Can I get a witness? When I, I look and see my faults, my shortcomings, all of my issues, and then, 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 then when others point those issues out, hey, thank you. It reminds me of why I needed saved. Why are you talking about me behind my back? I, I, I actually, it's good for me. It reminds me, yeah, I'm a mess without the Savior. I needed redeemed by his blood. And so it gets my eyes off myself and it helps me to fix my gaze on the lamb. I can't help but worship. I can't help but sing. I can't help but adore him. These guys are singing, so they're sealed. They're standing with the lamb, and they're singing. There's like three S's right there for all you recovering Baptists. Sealed, sing, anyway. Verse 4. Baptists didn't joke. I, I was kidding, Baptists. I'm kidding. I told you guys I'm a Bapticostal, so. All right, verse 4. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. I want you to understand, church, that right now we're seeing some pretty sick stuff. Where there's an assault on the purity of our precious children. Kids at drag queen shows. It's repulsive. But here in this tribulation time, when the Holy Spirit is removed, the church is removed, there's going to be unparalleled wickedness. Nobody is going to stop the wickedness from happening. It's going to be way worse than what you see now. And these, these saints, these 144,000, guess what? They are able to keep themselves pure. You know, I hear a lot of time, man, what's on these phones? It's just so hard to, to, to be pure. Listen, listen, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard. You were made for this. Some of you need to throw your phone into the lake and get a flip phone, but you are made for this, and you will overcome by the blood of the lamb, and because you don't love your life. 
And these guys, they remain pure. They, in the midst of unparalleled wickedness, they remain pure. I want you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, please. I want you to see this. A lot of young people come up, especially during our prayer time at the end. I, I, just, I just need to know God's will for my life. I want to know what he's created me to do. I, I, well, listen, a lot of these questions have already been answered in the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, for this is the will of God. So why are you up here praying for the will? I'm just kidding. So you have, <laughs> just, I'm kidding. Church, what's going on? My jokes are bad? Okay. Listen, God does have a plan and a will for your life, okay? But there's also a will for your life that's written in his word. One of them is to pray without ceasing. One of them is to go and make disciples. One of them is to be blameless, pure, and holy. And one of them is 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It's God's will. You don't need to pray about it. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. What does that mean? Porn, sex before or outside of marriage, homosexuality. I, I, I could keep going. That is God's will. And a lot of times we're praying, we're asking, okay, God, what's my will? What's my will? And, and we don't even want to obey this one. And the reality is if you don't want to obey this one, you don't want the other ones. Because you really don't want the lamb. Back to Revelation 14, 4, please. They were serious about their purity. Disciple, are you serious about your purity? If you're not, you're not following Jesus. You're not following Jesus. And I say this in, in all sincerity and all love. Listen, you don't want Jesus if you're not trying to be pure. These guys have it harder than you have it. You know, I'll never forget me being, being, being saved and, and where I was staying. There was my room, there was a hallway, and then there was another hallway and in, 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 in another bedroom. So the hallway, my bedroom, bedroom, hallway. There, there was prostitutes, cocaine, partying. Here was me reading my Bible. All I had to do coming out of that lifestyle was walk across the hallway and join in. And I had no 516, by the way. God kept me. God kept me. He saved me from what I wanted to do with all of my heart because I love myself more than I love Jesus. God saved me from this wretched man that I am because I want that. But here's your word. And see, when you start to get real with Jesus, you're going to start to get real change. The reason why you don't experience real change with Jesus is because you're not real with him. You really don't want his will. Verse 4, continued. Man, this has been my meditation this week. 
They follow the lamb wherever he goes. Oh, man, what a precious phrase. Like, like the, the other day, I just had that phrase while I was on my, I don't know if you would call it a run, uh, kind of a slow trot, if you will. And I'm just mulling over in my mind, Lord, help me to follow you wherever you go. Follow you, Jesus. Follow you, Jesus, the Lamb of God, wherever you go. What does that mean? What does that look like? I want to follow you, follow you wherever you go. No matter where you go, I want to go with you. And is my heart like that? Do I have a heart of obedience that says, man, wherever he's going, I'm going? Is it like Moses who said, Lord, if you don't go with us, we don't want to go? Oh, man, can we be so intimate? You see the levels of discipleship in the book of John. Follow me. Come and be with me, right? And then it gets to abide with me. Abide, remain intimate, like this intimate, progressive relationship with the lamb that we could actually follow him wherever he goes. These guys did it. That means you can do it. God's no respecter of persons. Is this a big thing for your life where you want to follow the lamb wherever he goes? Or did you just pray that prayer so you can get that fire insurance? See, that's called a vampire Christian, well, where you'll suck the blood of Jesus, but you don't want nothing to do with him. No, Christian, listen, we follow. We follow. We follow. Verse 4. They've been redeemed for mankind as firstfruits for God and for the Lamb. Oh, man, when we understand how great this lamb is, that's why we spend so much time exposing who the lamb is, his attributes, because when you truly see how great he is, you can't help but follow. When you, when you, when you truly, truly know him and how amazing he is, you cannot help but follow him. Listen, if you don't follow him, you don't know him. Chris, you're scaring me because I prayed that prayer. Yeah, my job is to, is, is to not bring you security. My job is to question, do you really believe what you say you believe? Because my job is to get you ready to stand before him. Don't tell me you believe if you don't want to follow. Say this again. If you don't follow him, it's because you don't know him. And what is eternal life, John 17, 3? That they know me. Chris, you need to go on vacation again, bro. You came back too hard. This is what happens. I get fired up when I'm gone. Verse 5. And in their mouth, no lie was found. How are you doing today, brother? Oh, I'm great. Well, quit lying. How's this outfit look on me, honey? Oop. Right? No lie. I wasn't talking about my marriage. I was talking about yours, okay? <laughs> they are blameless. Blameless. Above reproach. Like, like completely blameless in how they move and how they walk. So if you're taking note, listen, verse 1, they're sealed. They're standing with the lamb. Verse 2 and 3, man, they're singing. They're singing. 
Here's another S. Verse 4, they're set apart. They're pure. They're pure. They're, 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 they're being holy. And then they're, verse 4, following the Lamb. Wherever he goes, verse 5, no lies, no lies, no deception in their mouth. And they were blameless. They were blameless. So what about you, disciple? What would it look like if you said, okay, you know what? I want to follow the lamb wherever he goes. See, the enemy wants to put in us that if we follow Jesus, we're going to miss out. We'll miss out on things if we follow him. If we really, really begin to follow him, we're going to miss out on things. Also, man, can we really, really trust him? Can we really, really trust him? And these seeds are sown into us. Well, what will my friends say? And we get so, see, you know, the fear of man was just rooted in me as an early Christian. And I cared about my friend group. I cared about being a witness before them because of fear of man. And I was afraid that I would lose them because they were all into wrong things. And Jesus was kind of going the other way. And I knew it would cause friction, but my friends were important to me. And see, the enemy had me so focused on that. And guess what? Here's the reality. I have friends now that are way better. And we never, ever think about that. Those friends didn't stay, by the way. You know why? Because they didn't really love me. They began to mock me and make fun of me. Why? Because they wanted to do dirt without any conviction, and I brought around conviction. But now I have new friends and a new family. That's way better, that I can trust, that I know there's people that are going to lay their life down for me. Many of you here. I'm confident that if I went bankrupt and, and everything blew up in my life, you would at least let me sleep on your couch. <laughs> I want you to, to, to just kind of listen here for a second about following. When we look at following, and really it's our, the main thing today that I, that I wanted to get over or get get across is following. Listen, following is the ultimate worship. When you follow, it's the ultimate worship because you're, you're imitating, you're trying to be like, you're trying to go. You, you've kind of walked away from everything and it's all him. Following means you really do trust him. You trust his leadership. You really believe if you're following. Uh, following means that you're humble. Prideful people do not want to follow. You ever work with somebody who's prideful? Ugh. Oh, I know how to do that. You could be doing something for 10 years and they come in and they, anyway. <laughs> following means that you can receive. You're humble. You're not following yourself and you realize, hey, I need to be led. 
I need to be led. I'm not the quote unquote power leader. No, I'm a person that needs to be led because if he doesn't lead me, I'm done. I can't lead myself. Like Christianity is this, you coming to the place saying, I am unqualified to lead myself. You know why I got an amazing wife? Because I said, as a single guy, okay, God, I'm like 0 for 30. I can't pick them. I can't pick them. So I'm done. I give up. You pick it for me. Come on now. Every time I give up and I say, Jesus, I'm done trying to lead, I just want to follow Things turn out really good. It may be hard for a while, but man, and every time, no, I want to do it my way. I want to do it my way. No, I have a better plan. I have a better. It's like getting a Lego set. You see the box. You see the directions, and you're like, I don't need that. I'm going to take this 6,000 thing, and I'm just going to make it myself. Yeah, this is what you do with your life. The Bible is the directions, right? Jesus is saying, I've got a plan for you. The, The God that says, let there be, and there was. And you're like, no, I got this figured out. Thank you, God. I know you hung the earth upon nothing, and we're spinning a 1,000 miles an hour right now, but I got this. Following means you're humble. Following means you're a disciple. Jesus says, whoever wants to follow me, deny yourself, take, whoever wants to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, and what? Follow me. True disciples follow Jesus. Following it relieves the pressure off your life. Right now, I'm six minutes over. I don't feel any pressure. (laughs) I don't feel no pressure because we're at one service. You feel me? I got the worship team staring me down. Actually, worship team, you you can come up because following relieves pressure because you don't have to lead anymore. There's a freedom that comes from that when you're following. I don't I don't have like like right now I'm in a job situation and there's some problems happening. But guess what? It's his ministry. I'm following Nothing takes him by surprise. He's going to show up when he shows up. And, and listen, sometimes he waits till the Egyptians are, are coming down at you, and then there's the Red Sea, and okay, 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 okay. And all of a sudden, okay. Because he always waits to the last minute because he wants to sing how long we're going to sing. Actually, he knows how long we're going to sing. And he knows how long this message is going to last. Following means I don't have to figure this life out anymore. Think about that. Some of us are really worried about what's going on. 
hey, look, Jesus has it figured out. I just got to follow him. Following means true freedom, a true rest. And it's not like I have to follow. No, I get to follow. There's nothing more exciting than following. It's exciting. Let's go ahead and bow. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to come together as your people. Jesus, precious lamb of God, you are the perfect leader that went first. You embraced that cross. You took our wrath so we didn't have to experience that. You stepped in our place because you are loving. And I pray, God, for your people that we would begin to dwell on your character and your nature to behold you, to behold you so that we become like you, so that following you is the, is the most logical thing we can do because you are worthy of it all. You are the best leader ever. You died and you rose again because you are victorious. And I pray for those that are here that have never decided to follow you, Jesus that today would be the day. They say, you know what? I'm done following my own life. I'm done following myself. I surrender to you, Jesus. Come. I need you to lead my life because I recognize I'm poor in spirit. I need you. I cannot do life apart from you. Come, Jesus. Be the leader of my life. I surrender. God, if that happens in this place today, God, we will see revival break out. And so, God, I pray you would pour out your spirit, and I pray you'd raise up a people who are so in love with the lamb, they follow the lamb wherever he goes. Come and do it in our time, God, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thanks for visiting us today. Make sure to check us out online at www.bowdownchurch.com.